Hello, hello. My name is Ibrahima Abraham Sise, and I am the founder of the Freedom Project. And today I have another amazing guest that I have had the pleasure of working with. Uh, his name is Jose Antonio. Well, how do you say your last name again? Guillen. Guillen. Jose Antonio Guillen. And uh, we worked on a project that the Freedom Project is currently uh creating called the listening series where we partner with minority focused businesses and the goal is to bring in uh, uh, pe people that shop with those businesses and I the Freedom Project bring in uh, psychologists then we have a conversation around trauma uh, and usually we use music from Kendrick Lamar called um, Father Time so he's on the panel and he brings an amazing story uh, and this topic today is using advocacy to lead a generation because that's what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's an amazing guy. I've only known him probably two months now. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, at this point, I feel like he's one of my best friends right now. So oh, uh, before we get into it, I have a, one very serious question and then I'll let you talk, Jose Antonio. Okay. How is your spirit today? Ooh. Today, my spirit is it's actually really good. Um, last night we celebrated my 25th birthday with a lot of friends, uh, a lot of friendships that I've recently made over the last few months. Um, only honestly, there's about probably two people that came by that I've known longer than three to four months in this party. So it's very, it's very different, but in a much better way where my spirit is, um, I'm much happier. Uh, my mental health is at a stronger place. Um, not really stressed about many things, uh, really, Amen. really happy with my peace, my peace of mind and the people in my life. So my spirit is good. My spirit is very, very good. Man, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy to hear that I was here to, um, you know, so I got to witness the birthday. Ouch. I'm getting bit by a cat. Sorry. <laughs> hey, kitty. So I came to his house to do this recording. He has a cat named Bo uh, Boba. And Boba has hands for everybody. And right e, now, the rated E for everybody. <laughs> hey, Boba, put you want to put her in the room? Probably. <laughs> Bobs, come here. Hey, Boba. Just one second, everybody. Hi. One second while we uh, uh, show Boba some some time. You hear that? She, Leave me alone. She's like, I want to be a part of this conversation. But yeah, anyway. So uh, just like I was saying, you know, I was here uh, during the party, and we got to. You know, celebrate him and had a great time. We had a guy named Eric. He was um, one of the most interesting human beings you can ever meet. <laughs> uh, he was here too, and a bunch of other guys, Zeke, Bing, everybody else. Uh, but yeah, so tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, and um, how did you end up in Kansas City? Actually, that's a very loaded question. Let's start where, you, where, where you're from. And then, um, you know, I'll probably interject, and then we can uh, yeah, sure go thing. to where you come So from. I was born and raised in Lima, Peru. Oh, wow. uh, I immigrated to the United States when I was about nine years old. Uh, my biological father had a heart attack and my two older sisters, they were living in the United States at the time. They said, hey, come stay with us for a little bit. So I stayed with my second oldest sister and her husband, so my brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And then after a few months, my visa was going to run out. So they decided to adopt me because uh, they also realized they can present me with a much better life and opportunity here in the United States. Right. Dad got much healthier. So he also moved here to the United States with my mom. So then it was new mom and new dad, which at the last, holy crap, 20, not 20, 15, 16 years, they've been mom and dad nonstop. And then real mom and real dad have been able to be around as well. So mm -hmm. kind of raised by four parents, but it was, uh, it was difficult, but it was very, very cool. So that's how I came to the United States. But mm -hmm. my new dad, his name's Bob, shout out dad. Hey dad, <laughs> he, uh, military. So he was in the military for 20 years. So I've moved around to nine different places in wow. the country. So Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Kansas, Missouri, Colorado. And I came here to Kansas, lived somewhere north in a Lansing, Leavenworth area. Mm -hmm. And I was there from seventh, eighth, no, so sorry, eighth, ninth, and 10th grade. Finished high school in Georgia, went to, uh, came back over here. My dad got stationed over here again, took online classes. And then I independently went to university of Kansas to finish my education there. COVID started 2020. I moved mm -hmm. down to Florida COVID, man. <laughs> uh, to finish my online degree uh, just because everything was online and, you know, free rent. We all right. like free rent. So I got free rent to stay with my parents. And then back in January, um, I made the decision to move back here to Kansas because Going back to all of this, my mental health, mm -hmm. 
in Florida, I didn't really have any friends. COVID was very, very wild and rapid over there. So it was very difficult to put myself in situations to meet people. I didn't want to go out to the bars. I didn't Mm want to go to like crowded events. And in the relationship that was in then uh, there, she was a very huge advocate for like COVID and the the health Mm -hmm. things that were happening. So I wanted to be, and I also supported it, but I wanted to be respectful and be like, hey, you don't want me to go to these things. I'm not going to go either. Like, that's cool. So I just spend a lot of time just alone. I had mm-hmm. my family and family's great, but when Same. I turned when I turned twenty four, um, I realized that I wanted to uh I turned twenty four, I had dinner with my mom and then I was in bed by eight. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, I don't wanna be alone on my birthday again. Right. I don't wanna be just around my family. I, I want, I need to be around people my age. I need to be mm-hmm. around friends. Right. So that's when I was like, I'm going back to Kansas. Wow. And I did. And then here I am. Well, well, welcome to Kansas. He's he's <laughs> currently you. in Missouri now. Yeah, Missouri. Not only yeah. in Kansas. Kansas I know it's, City. It's, con- Kansas it's confusing City. <laughs> to people listening that I've never been here, but Kansas and Missouri. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm going to take you back a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you like talked about your dad having a heart attack at, yeah. and you were nine years old. Tell me a little bit about that if, if you want to. I know that yeah, can be no, heavy. I was, it was kind of just a lot happened. I mm-hmm. was... I remember growing up in Peru and my dad's my hero. I love that guy to death. We're best friends. I've told him about um, events that I've come home with after a night out. Mm-hmm. I've told him about drunken mistakes, laughters, uh, just college. And he's he was a party guy when he was growing up. So right. it was very easy and comforting to talk to. He said, hey, I'll be your friend, your brother, your uncle, your cousin, your dad, your grandpa. Like, I'm here for you. So it was always very easy to talk to him. And when he had the heart attack, it was kind of like I was so young. So my family didn't really want me to like know what happened. I didn't really know what happened until I was much older. Mm -hmm. But I remember a few times in Peru, it's a third world country, but like we were kind of well off. Like he was retired military. He was an entrepreneur for a few different kind of ideas, but Mm -hmm. his heart of gold always took money away from him. Like he would be the kind of guy that he wanted everyone in his company to have communication. So when Mm -hmm. cell phones came out, he bought everyone a cell phone. Right. And then they're like, oh, boss, myself, I lost my cell phone, my cell phone broke. Oh, here's a new one. Mm -hmm. So people would just take advantage of that, that niceness. People were very greedy to him. But I remember there's a, this is kind of Going, it all, it all loops together. But I remember when we were living in Peru, uh, we came back home from a dinner. We came back early and then there was like a shotgun shot in our door. Like one of, we had like two doors, like a, like a metal door and then the door to our house. Mm -hmm. Shotgun shot to the metal door. And then there's people walking out of our home with like some of our stuff and everyone got out of the car. They locked me in the car. And they were just chasing these people. I remember my older sisters were like tussling with someone. My mom was screaming. My dad was chasing somebody down the road and like people were running out of the house. Like I can't remember exactly what age I was, but I remember seeing this. And mm-hmm. when my parents and family told me even about it, like I remember seeing it and visualizing it more. And then later to find out like um, our gate guy, because when we live in the neighborhood, we have automatic gates. Mm-hmm. You know, see your car, you go through. But when my dad chased the guy, the guy all the way down and he came back up after this, the altercation ended, they found out that the gate guy got shot. Like he was, he was dead. Wow. Um, so it was just, even though we were like living in a nice area, like violence still happened. And that was one of the occasions that violence happened like within a few feet of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one time after dinner, uh, everyone went to sleep and I was, I, and I didn't eat or something. For some reason I, I woke up mm-hmm. and instead of going downstairs, cause I saw a lot of lights, a lot of movement downstairs, instead of going downstairs and my room's in the top of the staircase, I took a left and I went to my parents' room late in them and cuddled next morning find out we, we were robbed right our maid uh, our maid slash cook she decided to drug the family so then she would then let in her friends or whatever to mm-hmm. come in and steal everything so my wow. mom's jewelry china furniture tv everything and my mom really loved like decorating and expensive yeah. stuff then mm-hmm. she's she's an awesome woman 
but credit cards are not her. You keep them <laughs> away from her. <laughs> right. But I remember hearing about that. And, and then my family told me, it's like, if you would have gone down the stairs, life would be so different right now. Right. And these are, there's so many different scenarios and stories. I remember telling you about this when mm-hmm. we first met and it's, it's just, it's really crazy because like situations like that can really have you can build hate within you to like a certain group of people can really right. build you hate to like the outside world. It can make you scared, but like being a young kid and just hopeful of love and life, I just, it impacted me, it hit me. And now it's just like something I can share. I don't really say that it puts a lot of weight on me, uh, directly, maybe like consciously doesn't, but maybe subconsciously, of course, is something that impacts because of it. But right. it's, um, that's definitely something that it's not fun about a third world country. Mm-hmm. So always my dad being f- like, in, like going head first to like chasing down the robbers right. from our house. Like that's like, wow, that's my hero. It's a great guy, fun mm-hmm. guy. Right. Um, so when he had the heart attack and I didn't know anything about it, I just felt hopeless. Like I felt like, okay, like, oh, cool. We're going to America. Like, let's have some fun. Like this is a vacation. Mm-hmm. But when I stayed here longer and then they were asking me like, Hey, we're going to adopt you. Are you okay with that? I was like, sure. I don't right. know what that means. Yeah. What would you like your name to be? <laughs> I almost said like three, le- three legged dragon, like something <laughs> fun. But they're right. like, how would you like your last name to be? Do you want to keep your last name? You want to keep your middle name? So my mm-hmm. government name now is Jose Antonio Gordon Guillen. Mm-hmm. But when I was born, it was Jose Antonio Guillen Vicuña, mm. because in Hispanic cultures, you get your dad and mom's last name. Right. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, thanks for sharing all that. I mean, I have so many questions. I'll, I'll try to yeah, ask not, away. Not, uh, book. cry, but uh, it can't help. Uh, so um, what was the impact of your family going through something traumatic like that? And to you, knowing uh, now being an adult and knowing mm. that you were adopted by another yeah. family, yeah. was there some kind of... Uh, um, I'm trying to choose my words here. <laughs> was was there some kind of uh, uh, impact on you and your mm-hmm. actual parents? Uh, yeah. So there's times as I've grown up that my real mom always said, I should have never let them adopt you because mm-hmm. she felt a lot of resent, a lot of feel like throughout our relationship that she feels like, why don't you come to me for things? And it's like, honestly, it's just like an age gap. Yeah. My mom and dad, my dad was 51 when I was born. My mom was 46. Oh, wow. So like that's yeah. menopause. If we're being serious, that's menopause right. for a woman at that age to be showing signs of pregnancy, typically seen as menopause. Mm-hmm. So having a father of 51 years old and a mother of 46, siblings of 20 and 16 being born, it's a right. huge age gap. People were thinking that I was a 20-year-old's kid or the 16-year-old's kid, and they were right. just trying to cover up. But in reality, I'm their kid and, right. and I'm their sibling. So as I got a little bit older, I saw she was just like more resentful of like, why don't you come to me for things? Mm-hmm. Um and they were kind of taking more of a grandparent, grandma and grandpa role than like a mom and dad role. Right. And I think it was, it was initially it was difficult because I lost a sister, basically. Right. Like she's no longer my sister. She's not my mom. Yeah. So losing that like best friend that like, haha, joking around and taking her stepping up and thank you for stepping up, mom, but mm-hmm. stepping up and taking that mother role. I, I felt that sense of I lost, I lost it, but kind of going into like those traumatic events or anything, like one, something that I got took away from it is like, my family's really like all in right. for each other. Like it's like we we're not perfect, but like they're truly like something happens. Mm-hmm. Everyone drops everything that they're doing, right? And they're there. So like in August, my grandmother passed away in Peru, and it made me feel the same way that I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that I had this feeling, but it came back again because she passed away. I took bereavement from work. And I was ready to get on a plane, mm-hmm. either go to Peru or go to Florida. So either like, hey, like I'll help, I'll, I'll help Dad with the girls, or I told my mm-hmm. older other sisters like, hey, I'll help, I'll help Tony with with the girls. Like, right. where can I be? She's like, oh, don't worry, they have it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, so do I go to Peru? Can you guys help me get a ticket? Like, right. tickets to Peru aren't cheap, especially right. like next like next day. Mm-hmm. So can you help me get a ticket? Like, can I go? They're like, oh, like we don't like, don't worry, like we got it. I was like, damn it, like mm-hmm. I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah, like. I need, I want to help. I want to be there for, cause like for some reason, those kind of situations, I feel like I'm the wall, like I'm the, I'm the rock. Like right. I mean, 
I'm like, y'all deal with your emotions. I'm here to support. Like, I yeah. didn't grow up with my grandparents very closely. Like, they did. So, like, they're so much more involved in their life than I was. So, like, it hurt that my grandma's not here anymore. But I know they were in much more pain. So, how can I be a good son? How can I be a good brother? How can I be a good uncle, a good brother-in-law? Like, how can I help the family? And I was just, I was just here alone, mm-hmm. just soaking in, like, the sadness of it. And it right. just really bothered me. And I had a few good cries. But... It really just sucked because I felt like I was a kid again and they were just sending me off. Like, don't worry about it. Like, Mm -hmm. we got it. I was like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm 25. I'm a grown ass man. Like, let me contribute or help. And yeah, I think. Did I answer that question? No, yeah, yeah. No, you did. Um, Which also brought in so many questions. Uh, but yeah, so, um, with, with like all the traveling that that you did from moving from one place Mm -hmm. to another, and then feeling devalued by your family. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a correlation there. And, and the fact that, yeah. you know, uh, maybe some neglect yeah. as, as well, even though, you know, you, you have support from everybody, yeah. but, but still you, what was your, um, I guess your reality uh, yeah. dealing with two separate family where one yeah. was your parent, actual parents, mm-hmm. but then the other one was your sister, but also raising you as a mom. Yeah. Like, how 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 did you see that like growing up as a kid it was definitely difficult at first because like you know you're supposed to go to mom and dad for everything and then sisters you're like supposed to just like laugh and do whatever but maybe pull their hair every now and then yeah <laughs> but like it was literally like and, that, and i was also having to learn english too oh, so that's gotcha. also like a huge step but it was like a year in maybe i think a year or two in, i was like all right what's up mom what's up dad mm-hmm. like literally just I think I just adapted. I just, I just had to. I think that was just like that was like the option. survival mode. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just the the concept of life, like trying to adapt. I'm learning a new language. Mm-hmm. I'm putting myself around people, and like the moving thing really kind of to this day impacts me. Like, just uh, I need change. I love change. Uh, so, like as you can tell, like just redecorated. I just redecorated my whole apartment. <laughs> yeah, I, I redid my whole living room because I needed it. Like right. it's either that or get a new apartment, and that's mm-hmm. a little more expensive than just especially living TV downtown around. Kansas City now. Yeah. So, <laughs> but moving every every all the time, I really had a struggle of self identity. I really mm-hmm. had a struggle of like not knowing who I was like really focus on people caring about me or people like liking me like so fucking much that right. it was draining. Mm-hmm. I would move every two years. So like I was really never like caught up on like making super great friendships. Cause like the thing that like kept me in contact with friendships were like my video games. Right. Like, I love playing video games. So people would play with me. Mm-hmm. Hey, online, online, you could be in like Timbuktu and we could still right. play together. Like it doesn't matter. But over time, like personal friendships and stuff like, it was just, I felt like I could be a chameleon that I could be in any kind of group and talk to people eventually because I stopped caring about what people cared or what people said. Right. Yeah. But I also saw it as like, I had time to try a new personality, like mm-hmm. time to try like a new set of interests. Let's see what I'm good at. Let's see what I like. Like I didn't start listening to like Drake until like my, so- my junior year of college or high school. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. And like Drake's very, very popular, (laughs) but I didn't start listening to Drake till like my junior year of high school. I didn't start playing basketball till my junior year of high school. And I was just Mm -hmm. playing pickup with friends, like with new friends. This is like a new group of people. Right. So like before that, just like I I, I can, I can confidently say like I was bullied Mm -hmm. a lot, even like in early college days why some people like would bully me. Some people see it as tough love or jokes, but like, dude, I honestly felt like I was bullied. I felt like I wasn't liked. I I felt like people hated me. I kept thinking that like people whispers were talking about me. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I was like, like uh, just egotistical thing. like, oh, everybody's talking to me. Like I truly feel like an outcast so that people didn't like me. Like I had one or two friends. Mm-hmm. I was, I knew everybody in the school. Right. But like, I truly felt like one or two people really like cared or liked really, me. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that even makes sense with like you, you know, being separated from your family because of a necessity and now you have to be with another family, but no. you, you, you being a little kid, not knowing why, yeah. uh, but then having to navigate that and then wanting to please every, uh, both side of the family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like that makes sense with you being in school 
Yeah. And and then wanting to be friends with with everybody that you yeah. come across is because it's because like it goes oh, down yeah, to trauma join, like yeah. childhood trauma. Um, yeah, I'll join the football team. I'll do. This I'll do all, anything, like, whatever you want like, me to do. Yeah, I'll clean your shoes. <laughs> What's your name, Jose Antonio? Uh, can we call you Jose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Call me, call mm. me whatever you want. Like, be my friend. Like, oh, that makes sense. Because when we initially met, I remember I, w- I was saying Jose, and then yeah, you're like, like you're like, hey, yo, it's Jose Antonio. You were super nice, but then the second time. I said Jose and then would put space Antonio and yeah. you didn't say anything, but I wasn't aware. And then the third time I said Jose and I put capital A yeah. on the flyer. You're like, brother, is Jose Antonio? No space. <laughs> no no space. uppercase letter. No. Yeah. I, I always say it's Jose, all case. <laughs> Jose Antonio, no space, no capital A, yeah. no dash, all together. Yeah, all and together. Everyone, everyone's always like, all together? I'm like, yes. Yeah, you're like, just, just do it, man. Just, just, just say do it. it. Don't take a breath when you're between the two <laughs> names. Just say the whole thing. So, yeah, that goes exactly back to that because mm-hmm. it's like i also believe that jose antonio is a much different person than jose was mm, and Steve. it's truly like even in college or like some points of high school like i had a nickname of juice and it was so mm-hmm. much easier because that was also like potentially a persona that i gave myself right. or like when i went out to the bars or just meeting people like, oh what's up my name's juice nice to meet you cool right. dap up just whatever but in reality like no I'm, I'm jose antonio like and now i'm in a situation that like I'm Jose Antonio. And like, you are sure of who you are. You know, you, you don't want to please anybody else. You don't no. want to identify with all those traumas. Exactly. Now you were like, hey, my name is Jose Antonio, which is a big step yeah. uh, for, you know, especially people from like multicultural like backgrounds. Yeah. They, they usually have to bow their hands and I mean, th- their heads and just yeah. go with whatever people are calling them. You know, it, it usually takes a lot for someone mm-hmm. to... You know, and I'm talking about myself too. When I first yeah, came no, here, I get it. I know. People call me everything except my name. I literally had to demand for people to call my full yeah. name. And it's you dehumanizing know. too. Because exactly. Like some people see, hear a name, mm-hmm. an accent, or a skin tone, and they already have judged you yeah. and assumed they you devalue who you are. automatically. You, know, you, you know, you have an accent, you can't speak English, and yeah. which, you know, you know, subconsciously, you know, you were literally, yeah. you know, it's literally telling you that you are not enough yeah so and like subconsciously even going into like you're not welcomed here right you're not from here like you're not one of us like Mm -hmm. you're trying to even harder to fit and you're sacrificing your own beliefs and you're caring about all these people think and it's just hard i feel like high school like high school middle school like it wasn't the easiest thing like i eventually started finding a circle a group of guys myself focusing on what i liked and then like sticking to it but it truly wasn't consistency. Like yeah. This really, yeah. These last eight months, nine, ten, yeah. Oh my god, nine, ten, mm-hmm. ten months that like truly like I found that reassurance and like self thing. But going back to what you're saying about like immigrant being like I'm being an immigrant in the United States and like kind of being like Im- in a set of immigrant parents and then also right. having a set of American parents. Well, right. immigrant American parents like it first was, generation family yeah it mm. was there's a lot of pressure on success mm-hmm. like automatically like are you gonna be a doctor right are you gonna be a lawyer engineer architect like what are you doing or a failure and yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. are you gonna go work too. at a warehouse or are you gonna go work in the streets mm-hmm. like what are you doing with your life and it's like, right i'll go to school okay great right. where are you gonna go um this school it accepted mm-hmm. me i'm gonna go there Great. Why are your grades horribly? Probably because I'm 17 years old in college. Yeah, I'm two and a half hours away from my family. Like, I don't have friends. And and I was gonna add this, but like social skills. Like, I didn't have social skills when I came to the United States. Right. I didn't know too much about anything. I when I was moving from Virginia to Kansas, I thought I was about to be the coolest kid in the world with a cell phone. Because <laughs> I thought Kansas was just like what I've seen in movies right. or what I saw yeah. on TV or what I've just heard about. Like, oh, it's Kansas right is, now. The is, view is amazing. <laughs> it's it's beautiful here. I'm very happy with this view. Right. Uh, but it was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to Kansas. My 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 shoes, my mm. clothes. And no, but like they're gonna be riding around in wagons right. and nah. No, <laughs> I showed up. I was like, oh crap. Like, like, now I'm overwhelmed. Like um, the I like, yeah. so so like the airport like like throws you off a little bit because it's mm-hmm. so tiny. Yeah, like when you fly into Kansas City and and you land at the airport and three steps you're already out of the airport. Yeah. So Security like, wow. is like a door. You're like, this is tiny. And then you come into the city, you're like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. It's here? a city, but it's a tiny mm-hmm. city. It's a tiny city. So that's what beautiful. I actually love about it. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then going to like the pressure of like success and like I skipped I skipped third grade because I was I'm a very smart guy. Math mm-hmm. is my very my strong forte. Right. But like my ADHD in like school, which didn't help when I came to the United States. But like a teacher would be asked, like I'd be I'd be done with my work and start talking to my buddy. like, blah, 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 blah. And the teacher's like, Jose Antonio, what did I just say? And mm-hmm. I would look at the teacher, repeat exactly word for word what she just said. <laughs> and I go back to my conversation right. and she'd be stunned. But then my parents would be like, hey, dude, like. We know that that's what you can do, but just be respectful. Like right. she's there to do her job. She's there to teach you. Like, even mm-hmm. if you're bored, like don't distract your friends. So I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Learn that lesson. But like, well, I mean, you know, you're calling that a lesson, but I, I think the education system doesn't prep teachers to handle kids yeah. that are gifted that way. Yeah. Cause to yeah. them, they, they put a label ADHD, yeah. but you know, kids like that are geniuses. Cause I actually mm-hmm. skipped two grades and mm-hmm. The, the whole time I was in a special class and I, yeah. and I hated the, the fact that I was called right? special. Yeah. But to me, I'm just like, I'm not special. I'm, you know, this is easy to me. Yeah. Uh, but, but then everyone else, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I just wanted to be with, with people, which, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not talking about my story right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you get back to <laughs> um, what you were saying. But no, I, I was, mm. I was in some gifts of classes. So then mm. when I first went to college, my, my freshman year GPA was like 1.7. Right. No, 1.37. It was, it was horrible. I mm. dropped out of that school and i started taking online classes um at a local building and then like mm-hmm. it was like eight week classes so i was literally just knocking things out doing math doing retaking some math classes taking some spanish classes right getting anything prep because the goal was pre-med the goal mm-hmm. was to go be a doctor right like i wanted to be like when my dad had a heart attack and I got older, I was like, I want to be a cardiologist. Mm, I, I want to yeah. be a, a cardiatic. Well, that sounds horrible. <laughs> cardiatic. That sounds uh, like, a, uh, like a Drake album. It's like That actually sounds like a dope Drake album. Cardiatic. <laughs> Drake, um, if you're listening. Cardiatic. <laughs> Maddie Attic. We, we know what we're not Cardiatic. My heart is beating for you. That's actually kind of tough. Well, right. that's for the next podcast. Yeah, next podcast. Um, we'll be about music now. <laughs> and we just freestyle. The inspirations from the last, <laughs> the last one. Hey, DJ G-Rec. <laughs> <laughs> right um but i wanted to be a cardiac god dang it cardiac uh, <laughs> uh cardiologist or a surgeon i want to be a heart heart surgeon heart i want to be a heart surgeon heart surgeon. Uh, <laughs> but then i realized that it was my parents dream my immigrant parents mm, dream for me to deep. be the doctor Can relate to that not my dream mm-hmm. so then i'm in school and i'm i ended up going to the university of kansas mm-hmm. and I'm taking my pre-med classes. I'm in the classes. I'm in chemistry. And I was like, oh my goodness. Right. This is so hard. And then I got into some like trouble for underage consumptions. Mm-hmm. And I was in an in a ROTC program at the time. And I got kicked off out of that. So my mental health spiraled completely out of control. Right. Like I thought my life was over. Like mm-hmm. I remember the next morning still crying, like so upset that I just, basically fucked myself over that Mm -hmm. I was driving down this back road with full on plans to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I, like I still remember feeling like in the moment from it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my heart's racing right now from it. But I remember knowing exactly what ramp basically to go off on the side of the road to hit what street Mm -hmm. to know that's going to instantly going to happen. Like I had a, like, I never thought about it until like into the moment into the moment that I that I went dark was like shaken and yeah I never thought mm -hmm. about it until like I'm doing it like it wasn't even like a Mm -hmm. oh yeah like my life sucks I'm gonna do it It was literally like I fucked up like my life's over like I hate myself like Mm -hmm. I hate this like I'm dumb like what the fuck am I doing I'm gonna go do this right and then I'm driving to the road and I recently adopted a dog Uh, his name's Takeoff rest in peace the real takeoff man um but we were driving down the road i'm going 90 100 and this this is like probably like a like a five mile stretch Mm -hmm. 90 100 110 120 and then and then i'm crying and he gets up on my lap and licks my face Mm -hmm. like wipes off my tears and i was just like fuck and i like slow down i look at him i was like i can't do this to you because if I did that, going, I'd hurt, I'd kill him too. And mm-hmm. I can, I couldn't hurt somebody else. Right. I've always thought myself of worthless. I always thought of someone myself so low that I like, I would have no value. Like I'm who like, what am I impacting the world by doing this? Like nothing, let's like, just do it. Mm-hmm. But hurting another soul 
hurting him, I couldn't do it. So like that dog saved my life. And I got home, Man. balling out to my mom. I was like, I was doing it. I was literally so close to doing it. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, I didn't want to do it because I thought I was also going to like, you know, hurt you guys so much for doing it. But then like, I couldn't do it because he was in the car. Right. And then ever since then, she's like, been attached to the hip with that dog like that dog is honestly is like me mm. at this point like, i honestly think we're like connected through like souls or something right like, we're, we're personalities are very similar i love that dog but mm. it's really crazy you know being like 18 19 years old 18 20 years old and like that kind of where my brain went like right. now if something similar to that happened like i'd be like oh crap all right, time to time to better myself mm -hmm. time to figure out what I'm doing wrong, what path am I walking down incorrectly or not for the best for myself and start going a different direction or start noticing these bad right. things. Then, and I feel like a lot of people that age and even high schoolers go through, like I make, I embarrass myself or I go through something stupid. It's, I, it's time to kill myself. Like it's, it's truly not. And mm -hmm. it's like so much more to it that you can like achieve there's so much more to learn from it so right. after that situation i had to drop some classes that were set for rotc mm -hmm. so then that kind of put a little debt in the pocket Whew. but then um sorry that was kind of heavy no, you know, no, right? I but it um yeah, i kind of went yeah, back needed to be said so thank I you went, for sharing that yeah yeah mm -hmm. um life's an open book i'm honestly right. down to answer any questions mm -hmm. um but then went back to school and I was, I, there's a, some, it was summer, I know being summer and I was like, all right, what do I want to do? So I took a journalism class and a marketing class. I love both of them. I really like writing. I really like storytelling. Um, but I really enjoyed like the marketing, the sailing, the mm -hmm. selling, which is kind of is like storytelling, but like to, with an end goal. Mm -hmm. So then I chose marketing got into the business school at the university of Kansas and then just kept going. Right. Uh, life started getting better. I was around good people, good friends, mm -hmm. um, all of us different goals, but we we're all like same result we all wanted. We wanted to finish school. We want to right. graduate. It was to the point that's like, okay, I've been in school for four or five years. Like I just got to get done. Right. Like I had friends getting accepted into me medical school at the same mm -hmm. time that I was getting into my senior year. Like, but I was never like, oh crap, I'm not where they are. I, I was happy and I was like, I'm getting things done. Right. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. I'm pursuing it through it was a very difficult conversation with my parents because mm -hmm. I ended up like saying, Hey, this is what you want, not what I want. So I'm going to start doing what I want. Mm -hmm. And from an immigrant perspective, they don't see value in entrepreneurship. They don't right. see value in business. They see value in doctor, lawyer, engineer, like big money. And it's very stereotypical, but it's very true. Immigrant parents see your value. So like my value eventually was like, what my degree was my value right. truthfully is like how much money can you make and that mm -hmm. really hurt for some years and for some time and impacted our relationship but then when they started realizing that like you are choosing yourself and choosing you and loving what you want mm -hmm. has made you a better person not just for you but for the world right. around you mm -hmm. no yeah so so you know i um you know i'm just happy that you were here you know today and talking to us uh because you know you. you know um I've never actually shared this on my podcast at all because right. uh, I was also in this, you know, similar situation and I actually drove off the cliff mm. with my car because yeah. I wasn't suicidal at all. I was just driving one day and then, um, and then, so, you know, everything just came crashing down. Mm. Like all the trauma that I've experienced and neglect, yeah. you know, the actual physical abuse from my parents, watching people die, like all, all of this were on a subconscious just level. And then one day I'm minding my business and it just like intrusive thoughts just, just came and I literally just went off the cliff because due to how anxious it was and how heavy everything felt. And, you know, I'm sharing this because, you know, you, you shared your story and I was like, wow, I've never actually shared this on my own story. And, <laughs> and that was the reason why I created a Freedom Project because I see so many people like walking around on the face of this planet with no idea of what's in their subconscious. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it, 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 it can come out due, due to a trigger, like with your, mm -hmm. it's your case, you were dealing with all these identity issues. You were dealing with family. You were dealing with, you know, so many things that were overwhelming to a point I didn't want to let my family down. Yeah, That's exactly. Which is a big thing. From when you were a kid, you didn't want to let anyone down. Yeah. And then that happened to you. And, you know, those thoughts just became real. Yeah. Uh, but it was in your subconscious. 
Uh, and that, that's why, you know, the, this Freedom Project was was actually created is to basically tap into people's subconscious by having people like you that, that actually experience, you know, things yeah. like that to be able to talk about. And, you know, speaking of doctors, I even work with a lot of doctors now, KU, you know, your, your school. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why I went to that space is that I see that, you know, I, I, as an, you know, a kid that is, is, is from Africa with like immigrant parents here that are telling me to become a doctor. One thing that I've noticed is like doctors have the highest suicide rate. Damn, like, really? Yeah. I did not know that. By profession, doctors are the highest. Yeah. Uh, it's a know, very stressful career. I know, like, it is. 18 hour days. Mm-hmm. They have to constantly. be perfect. Yeah. Because you're dealing with sick people. There's no chance of... You know, you cannot fail. They're, and they're, they're, they're no human. room for errors. And they're exactly. human. They're like I have a friend right now who is in medical school. Mm-hmm. It's actually two friends that are medical yeah, school. Uh, one of my neighbors school is, is a kid. resident himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Oh yeah, how's work? He's like, It's cool. I was yeah. like, Dude, like I was like, Well, my parents are doctors, so like it's just I'm a doctor. I was like, Okay, cool. And then like I'm realizing, like, all right, like my buddy, like my my friend Remy from high school, he's a, he's in med school right now, mm-hmm. and his dad was a doctor. And like, there's a lot of high value things, like a very nice cars. The right. house was cool, um, but like, like Remy had an Audi at 16 because mm-hmm. his dad's a doctor. So he right. kind of like put himself like, okay, high status, value, money, doctor, mm-hmm. Identi- identifying it. with all those things. Yeah, my dad did. It. I can do it too, and he's happy with it. So like, there's times that like sometimes that push from your parents can mm-hmm. be a good thing if you actually want to pursue that yeah. dream as well mm-hmm. but if you don't it can honestly be like overshadowing to like your real dreams can be right so yeah i know that's definitely heavy and then my friend lucas he's uh mm-hmm. also in pre-med and he loves it like he's not in pre-med he's in med school and he loves it but then it's just yeah i'm hearing the hours because even with nurses like nurses work mm. a shit ton of hours and they do a lot of more of the labor and two things right. like shout out to all the nurses out there know, the heroes that truly are Thanks. um yeah. but it's 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 that, that that's a very surprising statistic I no yeah no it's, it's you know it, it, it initially when i first found out i i, I saw a documentary and the, the doctor that they were covering his name is dr meekham mm-hmm. uh, and he lives in utah i like watched the documentary packed up all my bags i drove all the way to utah to meet him because mm, i'm that. like oh my god this is why is this happening? And I, mm-hmm. and I actually had to sit down with him. So he, he's actually on this podcast, Quick Plug. And if you want to listen to his episode, Dr. Meekham. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't remember what episode number, but Dr. Meekham. Uh, and, and I think it's about suicide in the, yeah. in, in the healthcare professional. Yeah. Just listen um, to all of them. You'll find Yeah, them. all of them. You, you'll find them. Just shuffle and just <laughs> go drink your wine and listen. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so he, he like talked about just how bad it is as a doctor mm-hmm. uh, because there's so much pressure of like perfection from the family, from yeah. the profession, the, you know, the supervisors, from the, the association of doctors yeah. themselves. The, you know, sometimes everything is based on number, you know, yeah. they, they have certain hours throughout the day, you know, and sometimes yeah. you don't have time to be personal with your yeah. patients. And a lot of them mm-hmm. seek that higher title. Yeah. Too. Like it's, it's a higher Identifying with that again. Yeah. Are you a, I used to watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy, but is Same it like, uh, are you a <laughs> resident or are you the chief of staff? Are you right. chief of medicine, chief of neuro? Like, like the residents take all of the crap. So yeah, um, like they're truly they seeking evolve. a higher status, higher uh, value. Mm-hmm into their names with who they are, like the research they do. Like some of them spend countless of hours and days and months Mm -hmm. and years into a research to find something. And it's Mm -hmm. like, kind of goes back into like one of my biggest fears. My my biggest fear Mm -hmm. in life is not leaving something behind. Not saying money wise, but like lessons wise. Like I want to now leave this world with an, without, I want, my biggest fear is leaving the world without making an impact. Right. And I feel like a lot of doctors, like, I cannot lose this. Like, I need to make sure I'm, like, leaving, like, research or I'm making sure I got to make an impact. Like, some right. doctors are Something. just there to get paid. Some doctors are like, I want to change the world. Oh, yeah. But regardless, they both experience high burnout because right. a lot of high expectations. And you, right. Like you say, telling someone you have to be perfect, oh, my goodness. Right. That is crazy. Believing it that you have to be perfect, mm-hmm. that is just a downward spiral just waiting to happen. It is because we're, uh, you know, imperfect beings living in an imperfect world. Living with imperfect people, so it's it's a very vicious cycle to want to be uh, perfect. And for those listening that are wondering, why is it two guys that are talking about doctors 
uh, we're both from immigrant parents that are that want us to be doctors. That was the priority. You have to yeah. be a doctor, but we That's decided where your value not to. came from was being a doctor. Yeah, and here we are today. We're both jobless technically, but we just Kinda. run companies on the side that our families don't really understand. Yeah. Uh, hence the podcast. Uh, yeah. We just hang out and talk. Uh, but, but yeah, so you, uh, now, you know, we like work together on freedom project. You mm-hmm. do a lot of, uh, the goal is in the future to have you do a lot of work around like the listening series, which yeah. is being on the panel and the first panel, like I, I just love the story that you shared around the people that you were planning on working with and the, and, and the younger generation that you were working with, but basically mm-hmm. leading a whole generation with your own story. Cause that's yeah. what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to talk about that more. And uh, um, and uh, I guess after talking, I already know why you even went into that because you being <laughs> an 18 year old and having those thoughts, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why you went into that space to help other kids to make sure that they don't yeah. identify with all the things yeah. uh, that they're going through and yeah. basically create that separation. But I want I want to hear from your own yeah. words. Why did you start doing that and working with a younger generation? So it kind of goes into it being 17, 18, 19 years old, freshman, sophomore year of college, mm-hmm. um, even even younger there's some people that a lot of the times that we think when we talk about our mental health and this is coming from an immigrant perspective our parents see it like oh what's wrong with you like just stop acting out like stop being weird like you're you're fine you bring up suicidal thoughts to your mm-hmm. parents because you're trying to confide in them and they're like shut the fuck up like mm-hmm. stop it like you don't talk about that like we don't do that stuff right so there's a lot of suppression going on like you're getting all these feelings emotions and your family friends are pushing it down so mm-hmm. like the reason why i'm kind of wanting to be at least like an advocate or a person that people can feel like they can be themselves with without judgment, just support and love. It's very important because I remember even like my parents never told me like man up, Mm -hmm. but like my college roommate did. Like I went through a breakup and I was like, Hey dude, like he's like, he said, bro, just stop being a bitch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm being a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes it's not even your parents it's truly like your even closest friends that like suppress you that make you realize like the emotions that you're feeling are wrong sometimes they even make you feel bad for feeling how you feel or being who you are so like there's so many people out there that they're kind of ignorant to the mental health and like creating a safe space and right kind of what i was able to teach or like just advice to younger people it's like hey like the people that you're around, they don't have to be the people you're always around. Like you can choose to step away from people that are not good for you. Like I remember this guy that's kind of like a mentee. He was telling me that he was talking to this girl about like his recent breakup. And then she said, Oh, just man up. And he said, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Walked out the room, stopped being, and she's like, I'm not being, I'm not your, I'm not her friend anymore. Right. I was like, dude, like congratulations. Like, that's like a, that's a huge thing because a lot of people these days, we don't, we don't respect ourselves enough to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. People cross boundaries, disrespect our, disrespect us all the time. And it's up to you as an individual to decide if you're going to keep letting them disrespect you by them crossing the boundary that you have setting up. Like someone does something you don't like, let them know, make a boundary. Mm-hmm. If they keep doing it, ignoring it, they're no, they're not like, I'm not going to say they're not good people, but they're not good people for you. Like just right. step away from the situation. Like mm-hmm. if I kept telling you like, yeah, it's Jose and you're like, all right, Jose. And then over time you never wanted to change because you're like, fuck that. I don't right. care. We wouldn't be friends. Right. Like, truly like that's a, such a low boundary or low standard that like I have that like, if you can even respect me enough to get my name right, how can you respect me enough for like in times of need? How are you going right. to respect me enough for like more serious boundaries? So mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm showing like the mentees, like there's times in college or young adult life that we don't even choose ourselves. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of time that people just constantly choose others, choose society, choose what's popular, what's trending. It takes a huge toll on your mental health. So that's kind of something um, that I see is really, really important. And I really believe that we need to go back to humans treating each other like humans. Right Right. off the bat, you see someone and you see what they're wearing, you see their skin tone, you see their acts, anything Mm -hmm. that you hear or see from them, you automatically have like a pre thought of who they are, or maybe someone who looked like them did something you once and you have that preconceived thought of who they are. But in reality, they're a human, Mm -hmm. you're a human, 
I've gone through shit. You've gone through shit. What the fuck makes you any better to judge me? Right. Who the fuck am I to judge somebody else? Mm -hmm. Who am I the one to look at somebody and like, oh, somebody that looked like you eight weeks ago tripped me. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay away from you because you might trip me too. No. Right. We all really truly got to look back to humans treating each other like humans. And it starts with a conversation. Like with what you want me to be a part of with the listening series is a beautiful thing. And I want to do even more than that because it's like in reality is this i want mental health and i feel like you share the exact same thing i want mental health to be a casual conversation i right. want the check-ins the checkups like anything that you talk about mental health with everybody mm-hmm. to be like we're just talking about the weather right yeah like hey like like you asked how's your spirit like hey bro how you how you feeling today and someone would be like honestly dude like today's been so fucking mm-hmm. stressful you'd be like why Oh man, like I don't really want to bother you with this. Oh, you're not going to be bothering me. Like, and we're learning communication skills to like let other people know, hey, like it's not a bother. Like I'm here for you. Like let's talk. Right. And you can that in that five minute to ten an hour whatever conversation long it is, mm-hmm. that could truly save somebody's life. Right. That could that could help you stronger a stronger bond with a friend. Mm-hmm. That can help you realize that like, oh, it is okay to talk about this. Yeah. It is okay to talk. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing about it all. And now these days I'm making it very well well to every all of my friends that we're all in the same mindset of like, hey, like we can talk about real shit. Right. Like let's talk about the hard stuff. Like if you're not there comfortable yet, that's fine. But I right. want to make sure that like I'm able to build a safe space. Cause like in reality, a lot of people think when someone kills themselves that it's like, oh, that's a selfish thing to do. They're hurting all their family. Mm-hmm. I when I had a friend attempt. And in reality, I was like, oh, why would you do that? Like, why didn't you tell me? But I'm thinking, why didn't they tell me? Right. Why? Like, how was I to them that caused them to feel that they couldn't share what they were feeling to me? So I challenge everyone listening to this. Like, don't always be the person thinking, Mm -hmm. why didn't they tell me? Think of more of like, damn, why didn't they tell me who? Like, what am I doing that makes that person feel that they can't come to me in tough times? I started thinking about things that way and it started allowing me to like, if I feel something, I say it. Right. Like yesterday I was intoxicated, but like every chance I had to some friends, I was like, Hey dude, like, it was his birthday by the way. It was my birthday. (laughs) Uh, But I was telling like my friend Lucas, Hey dude, like, thank you for like being a cool guy. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, we played, we met playing pickup basketball or we met at a bar, but then we like got to play pickup basketball and he's way much more athletic and talented than I am in basketball. And I was like, Hey dude, like, thanks for like being cool and like allowing me to keep playing, even though you're way much better than me, even though like your friends were like so much like higher skill, like thank you for being a human and being you and allowing us to like have a friendship and get right. to know each other and like be welcoming. So like, thank you. He's like, bro, like, no, like, thank you. Like, no, like truly like, yeah, just, thank a, just you. take it, just accept it. Like being a human kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then yeah. like my friend Jovan, same thing. Like we had different crowds and he was always hanging out with like the guys that like to go clubbing and the guy that like always were around a lot of like mm-hmm. people, a lot of women, just like drinks, having a good time. They're living that like lifestyle life that everybody chases. Mm-hmm. And he's, was that was his crowd but he was also still my friend and, and right. so i'm like hey bro like thanks for like being a being my friend mm-hmm. and so like i started realizing that like it's okay to be that way it's mm-hmm. okay to truly say what's on your mind and if someone mm-hmm. judges you for what's on your mind then maybe it's not someone you need to be re- need around your life right so going to like the whole thing of everything from my growing up go from mm-hmm. like begging people to like me to like it's okay if you don't right it's okay if we don't get along like I'll be respectful. You be respectful. You can be in the same room. But like, I'm also learning to respect and love myself to the fact like, if you're not good for me, yep. get the fuck out. Right. Like, go be negative with other people. Mm-hmm. I can try to challenge your mind to maybe you start thinking things in a more positive way or I can bring you around these amazing people that are going to challenge you to be more positive and loving. But right. reality, like, if you're really just in a world that you want to bring everybody else down, like, fuck off. Like, right. I don't, I don't need that. Life is so good right now that like, I can't, I can't have that in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Choosing um, myself is super important in that aspect. No, yeah. I mean, you know, the uh, planet itself, like, depends on it for us to, you know, be self-aware and, you know, know what, you know, who we are mm-hmm. in order for us to project that same energy to everyone that we come across, be, be actually, you know, be kind. And to me, you know, one of the, uh, um, 
like, like reasons why I'm even working with you. There's a lot of reasons, but mm-hmm. you know, I was doing a lot of research because uh, I had a partnership with NAMI in Kansas, and mm-hmm. we were doing a bunch of mental health project. If you don't know what NAMI is, it's a national alliance on mental illness, and some of their research it's it's just scary, you know. Um, which you know, I have it pulled up here. I'm going to read it real quick. Yeah, but like suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people aged 15 to 24 in the U.S. And nearly 20% of high school students are reporting serious thoughts of suicide. And 9% have made attempts to take their lives, which is crazy. And then, you know. My niece just got into high school. I know. Because, you know, that's a lot of, you know, um, the red tape comes off from your friends, internet. And and nowadays we're living in a time where the internet is just a wild, wild west, where um, you know, which I'm very passionate about, you know, to figure out how to solve this problem, which is how everything, everyone is in in their own bubbles that are yeah. confirming their own biases. Mm. So as a little kid that is growing, their brain is growing, they're getting all of these things thrown at them and it's confirming a subconscious, you know, subconscious belief, but that's, that's impacting their identity and they're identifying with all those things. And, you know, these are things that I'm, I'm hoping that I'll, we can legislate in some way or even work with people and schools yeah. and, you know, adding it into curriculum because teenagers and young adults have the highest rate of suicide compared to other ages. And, and it's and heartbreaking. It, yeah. Yeah. It's literally like, I, I would just turn 25 on Friday. Yeah. So you like were, you were still like, technically a teenager. Yeah. So like theoretically, I'm still, still in that you know, statistics <laughs> and like, I, I know, have, which like, is scary, right? My niece is growing up. So mm-hmm. like, even then, like I've always, like I had, like my dad's side of the family has always kind of been, um, they're more Americanized. They're not really immigrated. Uh, so they're fine Americanized. Like, so like they're, um, they were born in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, their father was, uh, from like born in the forties. So like military guy as well. So like right. they're born and raised in the United States. Like there's no seasoning right. to their lives. <laughs> so the best kind of like one thing that's like one of my neat, like one of my cousins, they were like well seasoning as in they didn't dip into other cultures they haven't yeah. traveled enough so they're yeah they're truly just like american american they're from america, america usa usa yeah. america USA. first like and there's a yeah. kid from peru yeah flying in and being part of the family yep. yeah and so there's, there's an initial judgment there but like everyone's been cool i love all of them mm-hmm. i respect all of them they're right. like oh that's truly what i see for the end of the day is just respect like if you mm-hmm. respect me i respect you like if you have something negative to say about me please say it in my face so right we can, so we can come to like a conclusion like are we gonna decide to stop talking okay mm-hmm. great i'm okay with that are we gonna decide to solve this right great i'm okay with that too but i remember one of, like one of my cousins like he's like hey like hug 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 hosian which is what my family calls me hug hosian hug him like and then she's like felt uncomfortable like hey and i said hey are you more comfortable with like a hug or like a high five it's like, oh, like, I'd rather give you a high five. I'm like, crow, me too. And give each other a high five. So that kind of mm-hmm. goes into more of like the systemic and kind of like, I don't even know how to like the correct term for it all. But like in reality, there's like a lot of times that like families are supposed to hug, which they are, but like forcing that kind of physical touching and stuff, it's, it can make some people inappropriate. Right. Not inappropriate, but uncomfortable because it could be, also inappropriate like some some cultural difference yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so like i want to like respect my nieces i want to respect my cousins i was like hey would you like a hug or or a high five like oh high five great and then like two weeks later like she gave me a hug Mm. and it was just like you just have to build that sense of comfort like a lot of the times people are like oh like you gotta hug everybody like no some people don't like being touched and the thing is like don't force her to hug me Mm because then it's gonna make her uncomfortable to keep hugging me or be cousins like it's okay to give me a hug. Like, right. I don't care if you hug me. Like, just do a high five. And the next time she was like, oh, hug. And then give you a hug. So it was, that's something that I also think is also, like, important mm-hmm. as, like, this younger generation. But then, like, the pressure pressure of, like, everybody. Like, social media is, is a beautiful thing for, like, mm-hmm. our business that we like to do. But it's also, like, there's a lot of dark sides to it. A lot of people, like, post stuff on social media and bully the hell out of people. Some people post a photo of themselves thinking they look nice, good, mm-hmm. handsome, beautiful. And then people are like, oh, I can't believe you posted this. Oh, you look so bad. Oh, you're fat. And then, damn, that shit hurts. Like, wor- like sticks and stones. But damn, dude, words uh-huh. hurt. And sometimes, like, that's just what social media is. So, like, my family, like, my nieces and my cousins going through it, it's like... 
I want to be there for them. I want to be supportive to them. So like kind of the stuff that I know now I'm repeating to them. It's mm-hmm. really like, Hey, choose yourself. Hey, if you, like my niece asked me about like drugs and alcohol, mm. when how she's like, how old were you? And I was like, oh, I was like 19. She's like, no, really? I'm like, no, seriously. Like I didn't start drinking until I was like 19 years old. Right. Like I was in college. I was like from mom and dad, like mom and dad never really like did it. But like my parents and I, like we respected each other and we had trust. So like mm-hmm. I would tell them where <laughs> I'm staying out too late. I would tell them when I'm like with friends, I would tell them if I'm going to a party, like, and then they would always, we would always have communication and trust. So like there was never like doubt. Right. They're never like looking through my stuff, looking through my phone, looking through my room, like looking through my car, like nothing. They just trusted me, mm-hmm. which is good because mm-hmm. I gave, I did nothing but to let them do that because we mm-hmm. had open communication. So I was telling my niece, I was like, hey, like just like, you can straight up just, you can tell me about it. And if it's something super serious, like I don't want it to break our trust, but I will definitely go tell your mom about it myself if you don't feel comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. She's like, what the hell? I was like, no, like. I'm telling you now before you, anything bad ever happens to you. Like, right. If you feel like you can't tell your mom about it and you tell me and it's bad enough, I'm going to go tell her because right. I love you. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But then it's like, so she asked me about like alcohol and drugs. And I was like, look, you're in high school, you're a freshman mm-hmm. and you're in the dance team. So you're definitely going to be meeting much older kids. They're going to be introducing you things. Some of your friends do it now. It's not uncool to say no. Right. It's super cool to say no. It shows you're more mature and you're more controlled boundaries, yourself yeah. because we're in a sick world. Like, I don't want you to be intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to not. And it's not like, oh, someone's going to take advantage of you. Potentially, yeah, that is a fear. Mm-hmm. But in more reality, it's like you're not a, be able to control your actions. You're not right. able to control your body. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Even like for safety reasons, mm-hmm. if you start driving and you feel like you're fine or if you are in a situation that's completely normal, it could honestly turn upside down if you don't have control of your mind and your body. True. And that's what I, and that's the perspective I gave her instead mm-hmm. of like drinking is bad. Right. Drinking's illegal. Which, it's like, hey, like it, in, it it impairs your judgment. Yeah. It will make you think differently. It will mm-hmm. make you do things that you didn't wouldn't do before. So right. think about it that way. She's like, I never really thought about it. I'm like, yeah, it's important. No, like, you know, just to your point, you know, uh, the next, you know, Gen Z, they're super aware. They have the internet. So if a parent say this is bad, they can just go and Google that. Yeah. And Google is giving them all the facts. We don't really know who's I I just convinced my parents about Mm -hmm. other things to do Mm -hmm. apart from alcohol. And they're like, oh, no, that's bad. I was like, no, no, no. Like, here's some research. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because here here you are, another Gen Z, uh, but much older. Yeah. Much older Gen Z. I know how to use (laughs) technology. So I was like, no, look, it's it's not bad. And they're like, I'm like, like, hey, look, I'm successful. Mm -hmm. I'm healthy. I'm happy. My life's Mm -hmm. changing. I'm positive. Like, I'm doing this and this is not having a negative impact on me. So like, chill. Right. And then I was like, do you want to do it yourself? Do you mm-hmm. want to try this? Maybe you'll see different perspective. And then she's like, sure. And then she's like, oh, this this is chill. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's chill as fuck. Right. <laughs> We're just having a good time vibing. But that truly begins all going back to everything. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's not like common trying to... Ground. Yeah, yep. common ground. It's not like mm-hmm. trying to manipulate someone to think of the way you do. It's just kind of like, this is my perspective. This is how I see it. And this right. is how it helped me see it this way. Maybe mm-hmm. you're open to seeing it that way. Or maybe you're not. And that's okay. But I rather share my truth, share right. my, my experience, perspective, my experience. And then you gather from it. Mm-hmm. But I was telling my niece, I was like, I just hope, and I'm so glad that you like, you feel like you can trust me. Right. She's like, I'm so glad I have you in my life. And I said, yeah, like I get having parents who are older like it, I truly get having parents who are much older than you. Right. It's hard to like want to say, tell them because yep. you feel judgment and the generation is different. Mm-hmm. They, the way they handle things is different. And like mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, like drinking, peer pressure, mm-hmm. uh, sex, like all these things, like they look at it so much differently than we do it now right. that like it feels so much easier to talk to your uncle, talk right. to your older brother, talk to your uh, older friends because they're like oh let me give you this advice that i did a few years ago right. rather than like oh back in my day right. like, no fuck that like, <laughs> you're outdated you yeah. can give me advice you can give me hug and love mm-hmm. and i'll be okay but guide me i need but guidance without me. judgment yeah let me let me fuck up right let me make mistakes now mm-hmm. there's mistakes that you can help someone avoid yeah like hey you don't need to make this mistake to learn about it i mm-hmm. can tell you everything about it you don't need to make this mistake about it but we all need to have like a moment of impact right to truly learn and be like oh fuck, mm-hmm. no, i don't want to do that again yeah well yeah yeah so so you know just to like piggyback off of that 
when it comes to uh you know i actually hate when people ask me this question what's the net what do you have planned because i'm like i don't even know bro i just woke up give me a break (laughs) so my coffee yeah so with you with the work that you do i'm going to reframe the questions and you know one thing that i've learned is i'm actually doing a panel with Mm -hmm. uh with some people from casey current and uh, cool uh blue cross blue shield and some other people uh Super excited about it. Nice, congratulations! And, and thank you. And he's a and and he's for kids currently that are with, with the Casey Curran pro, program, mainly in the like private school system. I think I mm. I, I didn't read the whole memo. <laughs> hey, I'll be there. <laughs> I, I I know I'm like with experience. I'll be there. I have stories to tell all day. But one thing that I've learned is that these kids are so researched. They they have so much you know information which they sh- they share some of some of the questions. I was mm. like whoa. And then I you know I got an opportunity to like talk to. Uh, uh, like some or some other kids from UMKC, I did a mental health one hundred and one, nice. and one of the things that I got it was like they have so many language that we don't know. And I'm sitting there like, damn, I'm really old. I'm only thirty. When, when did I get old? I didn't even realize <laughs> that this were new lingo that was created in a newer generation. Dude. And like things like I'm fine. Apparently that was a big thing. They're not fine. They usually yeah. they just don't want to talk to you because they don't trust you. Oh yeah, but and like, I have a sister who's always yeah. telling my parents I'm fine, and I'm like, oh, I need to check in on him and uh, and her and see how she's doing. Mm-hmm. So this were things that were introduced to me. So in your own space, are there any 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 like language that you hear? With the kids that you work with, uh, I guess you're technically a kid compared to me. I am a but, child. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a baby. But you're working with 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds. Yeah. You're being um, like 25 now. I'm pretty sure that's the age, uh, generational differences, yeah, cultural there differences. There hasn't te- theoretically been much difference in lingo. Like the only thing I can think of lingo-wise would be my niece said uh, bus because like it's it went from busting to busing like this is busing and that was cool to hear wait what, just, what, is, what, is, what are you busing, talking about what's busing like is this is good like damn this drink's busing damn this this is not busted so no busted it's now is positive it's yeah busing yeah it's weird or oh, is then, that busing tables at restaurant no just b-u-s-s-i-n-g i'm thinking of a different something. busting which i'm not no i'm thinking about the same <laughs> thing you're thinking no so then my niece said oh yeah this God. is bus and what? i was like the, i was like the fuck is bus and then my dad was like ha June 14th, the day Jose Antonio got old. I was like, fuck, I don't know a term. And it made me feel bus. really old. I'm just learning about bus now, right? Yeah. Now. I'm sorry, saying, don't the, use bro, you no busing. More. Oh, yeah. they don't use it anymore? No. What? It, it was like a month thing, bro. It literally happened so quick. But we used to be that way. We did. We used to be that way. But with the 18 to 20 year olds, it's not bad. But with the 18 and 20 year olds, just like the younger adults, or even my friends now that I talk to, there's not really much like, slang or like language difference with it all unfortunately because i wish i could tell you a bigger story about it but no it doesn't really have much difference between it all they kind of see me more as like a mentor but also like potentially even like an older brother kind of thing so they don't want to let me down but i make them let them know like hey you have room to make mistakes Mm -hmm. just don't fuck me over right don't disrespect me don't embarrass me like those Mm -hmm. are some things that like don't you don't do Mm -hmm. because then that's kind of like pushing a line or boundaries for that I've said personally. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of them are driven by like sex. A lot of them are driven by like uh, status. So like kind of waking them up and realizing like, Hey, there's there's so much more to life than this. Hey, you are literally like, like every other person because of like what you're seeking, seek Mm -hmm. for this and you will be at peace. So kind of like the biggest thing that I advise them was like, seek peace Mm -hmm. at 24 years old i'm 25 now 24 years old i found the secret of life is seeking peace right peace is in the present and this is something that um i discovered with my therapy therapist and like to everyone go to therapy therapy is not for crazy people therapy is for everybody it's so Mm -hmm. good for you honestly it's like venting to somebody that will honestly listen and not judge you and potentially give you good advice or just be there to help you develop skills through some some of your triggers or things like therapy is good there's a lot of success stories don't give up after the first one keep going Mm -hmm. but with my therapist we discovered that depression's in the past right anxiety's in the future and peace is in the present Mm mm-hmm because you cannot control what's already happened. You right. can learn from your mistakes. You can mm-hmm. learn from yesterday, but you can't change it. So don't get right. caught up on it. Tomorrow hasn't happened yet. So don't be worried about it. Mm-hmm. Today is now. The moment is now. And if I leave anything with anybody that's listening to this, the biggest thing I can tell you is this one quote. Mm-hmm. And I hope this is something everyone can remember. And I'm going to read it 
so I can always, always, always say correctly. Right. Life will be a party for you, a grand festival, because life is the moment we're living right now. Mm, that's powerful. That's what gets me through the day. Wow. Uh, you know, as we're talking, I remember a, a, a quote from Master Igwe uh, mm. from uh, Kung Fu Panda. Mm -hmm. He says, yesterday is history. Mm. Tomorrow is a mystery. Mm -hmm. Today is a gift. Yep. That's, that's why it's called, called the present. present. You know. Damn. So, I, I, I was doing the whole voice because yeah. <laughs> I love that show. It's been, and it's it's like just tap the panda on the head, oh, wake yeah. him up. Sometimes we all need, you know, like a reminder. I remember today I was having a meeting with someone that I'm building a partnership with. And she has this amazing story. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, while we're talking... You know, um, I, I was like, let me just show you your, the video of your own story. I played her, played mm -hmm. it. Uh, she, she watched herself talk. She was mm -hmm. like, man, I really needed to watch this video today. Uh, actually, two weeks ago. Yeah. But, but thank you for playing that. Yeah. Because we all need the reminder. And, and I'm happy that you are putting yourself in a position where you are being the reminder for all of the kids that you, ah, man, yeah. I sound so old when I say all of these yeah. kids. You make me sound old. Like I'm working <laughs> with like 12 year olds. They're, right? like, they're 18, 20. Well, even like, all even of these young friends. adults that you're working yeah. with. Even and, just like my friends. Like yeah, last that's a lot night, of impact. Yeah. Yeah. Like last night, this sounds weird, but like last mm -hmm. night, me, Abraham, and our other mm -hmm. friend was in the bathroom and she was talking about like career choices or people she's going to leave just behind. Walked in and and I just walked in talk. a little intoxicated and I was like, yo, choose yourself. Like, Do you like, fuck me, fuck him. Like we ain't shit. We're people in your life that support you and love you. Like go chase your dreams. Go get mm -hmm. that bag. Go be a queen. Like go right. slay. Like there's so much things in life that you have to go accomplish that you want to accomplish. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Some people don't even realize that. Like, right. go do speak, it. Yeah, we will still be friends. Today. We will still talk to you. We mm -hmm. will still get your back whenever you need us. We will be here. But like right, right now, go choose yourself because that mm -hmm. is the only person that you can truly rely on is yeah. yourself. Amen. And then, uh, then I walked away. <laughs> I yeah, had no he, idea he how to He literally just said that, walked away and closed the door. Yeah. And then she was like, wow, okay. I want to go sit down. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we, we can li literally sit here and talk for hours, but yeah. we, we, we literally went over 30 minutes of, our, of, oh, you know, of the time period. I hope like, you guys had a good time so far. But this is so far, like, one of my favorite conversations because, you know. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, I feel like it's going to help a lot of people listening. So, yeah. uh, the, uh, again, thank you so much for listening, guys. We're going to cut in here. Uh, maybe that will be a part two. If you guys want, you can uh, send me messages. Uh, but yeah, his name is Jose Antonio. Yeah. Help me out here. <laughs> Jose Antonio Guillen. Guillen. It's, yeah, it's just Guillen. the two L's. I want to pronounce yeah, everything. Guillen. Yeah. Guillen. Yeah. It's G-U-I-L-L-E-N. Yep, and it's Jose I. Antonio. One word. Do not take yep. a deep no breath. No space. Well, you got, you, no space, no dash, You're going to no get the text a. message. My brother is in Christ. I will block it's you. <laughs> <laughs> if I get, hey, Jose, Space Antonio, I will block you're you. Like, even if right. you're a big old company that wants to work with me, I will block you're like, you. Okay, cool. We're done. We, we, I don't even know you, but this is not going to be a good partnership. <laughs> it's like, no. We're, but I'm yeah. Out. Well, thank you so much for you know taking time and joining us today at the Freedom Project podcast to talk more. Uh, forgot the topic to talk more about uh -oh. my computer froze now using advocacy to lead a generation so um, I'm looking forward to working together I, I think this is going to be awesome so again thank you thank you and this is the Freedom Project my name is Abraham uh, first actually my full name Ibrahim Abraham Cisse and uh, I appreciate you guys for listening and I look forward to the next episode bye guys All right, bye